Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Well, for weeks, you know, we've been dealing with a, a natural disaster, have we not, being the floods? And uh, I'm old enough to remember back to 1974. Who remembers the 74 floods? Yeah, I was, uh, the, the, the wasn't, it was the Pacific Highway then, wasn't the M1, but um, it was blocked, it was cut here, I think, at Beanley and, and those areas, and I was stuck down the Gold Coast, sadly, and couldn't get home. Um, but, you know, uh, the 74 floods and the, then the 2011, who remembers 2011 floods, and then um, 2017 and now 2022, um, the floods, and... And the one thing they all have in common is that you can't stop it. When that water starts to rise, (laughs) you can't stop it. You can't hold it back. And people have lost everything. I mean, some folks, you know, have got out with just the the clothes that they're wearing. I know my brother uh, down in Chindra, uh, he lived at a caravan park in Chindra. You would have seen those on the news. Um, they were rescued chest deep and, and with one suitcase. That was it. They lost everything. Um, pretty devastating. Um, but the one thing I have noticed in all of this is that it brings out the good in people. It brings out the good in people. And we've seen it again this time, you know, people rising to the challenge, strangers coming from all over the place, um, but coming together to, to rebuild and support those who have lost everything. Now, we call them the Mud Army. We call them the Mud Army. And, uh, you know, you've been watching the news and, and uh, you know, there they, get, they gather. And I love the spirit of it. I love the Aussie spirit. I love the spirit of people gathering together and... Um, you know, coming together for a cause, achieving great things that benefit, you know, their fellow man. And, uh, you know, they've, uh, uh, they've labelled them the Mud Army, but I've, I've labelled it the Mud Army Principle. The Mud Army Principle, M-A-P. And we go looking uh, lately in, in Isaiah 61, and, and uh, we know that God is talking to us about you know, rebuilding as a church. And Clive was right, all over the world. You know, churches been smashed through the whole COVID region. I mean, we were fortunate um, to be able to get up in the first week of COVID with an online church. I mean, that was miraculous, you know. Um, but, you know, God made a way. And um, today I see a parallel I see a parallel that's running through this, uh, that's happening in the natural and what's happening in the spiritual. And I see the same mud army principle. The same mud army principle required for us as a church to map the road ahead. Turn to Isaiah chapter 60. Let me read uh, verses 1 to 4. It says... um, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to confront all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And listen to verse 4. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. We know all over, you know, the last two years, as in the natural, so it is in the spiritual, God's church has been hit really hard. Right across the globe, it's been hit really hard and it's been shaken from the core. But you know, now is the time that we need to rebuild. Now is the time we need to apply the map so that we can um, see the road ahead and to, to get things back on track. I love this mud army principle. I see these parallels here um, and there's three things that we require. Number one is that they were willing. If you look in verse four, it says they will rebuild. This was the word of the Lord to the nation, to God's people. He is saying that they will rebuild, not if they will rebuild. He's saying they will rebuild. They will rebuild. It's a done deal. It's going to happen. If God says it, folks, take it to the bank. If God says he is going to rebuild, it's going to happen. The only question they had to answer was, am I going to be a part of it? Am I going to be willing to be a part of the rebuild that God is going to bring? We look at it in the natural. You know, we look around. We, we, we know from experience that after the floods, it will be cleaned up. Amen? They will rebuild. I remember the 74 floods. You know, it was, it was a few years, took a bit of time, but we rebuilt. You know, 2011, you remember Bundaberg? You remember Bundaberg was just, just flooded out. Rockhampton flooded out. Mirraborough wiped off the map. Do you remember that? Well, they were rebuilt. So there's no question about if it can be rebuilt, we will rebuild. The question we have to ask is, are we going to be a part of it? Jesus told his disciples in Matthew Chapter 16, 18, go into the city to the certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. Jesus knew. He knew that the appointed time was near. And you remember Peter tried to, you know, sort of say, oh, you know, no, don't do that, Lord. But he knew his time was near. The Father was going to bring salvation to the world. That was the plan of the Father. The only question Jesus had to answer was, would he be willing to be the sacrifice? 
And we know in the garden that he said, yes, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. So it's not a case of if this is going to happen. It's a case of am I willing to be a part of it, of what God wants to do. You imagine those people sitting in their homes, you know, watching the news, watching the advertisement of all the floods. How many, how many millions of people would have watched those floods? But it was the ones that sat there and said, I'm going to get online, I'm going to register. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to be a part of this. This is going to be rebuilt, but I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to be willing to put my shoulder to the wheel and do whatever it takes. And it's the same. It's the same for Highway Church if you continue this parallel through. You know, it's the same for us as a church. God will rebuild his church. There's no question about that. Why? Because it's his church. It's not my church. It's his church, and it's prevailed for 2,000 years. So I know God is going to rebuild the church, but the question is, are you willing to be a part of that? Are you willing to be a part of that rebuild? Are you willing to be God's man or God's woman for this hour? That's the question we have to answer today. If so, number two today, it's whatever it takes. If you look at verse 4 again, it says that he, uh, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. Any restoration work, you've got to have the right equipment. Now we're told in Scripture that these ruins were ancient. They'd been there a long time. So you've got to be thinking... This is one heck of a commitment. This isn't a turn up with a bucket and a mop. This is, this is you know, we got years on this. We got years ahead of us to rebuild what has been destroyed. And of course, they didn't know what they were facing, but they were willing. But they had to have the whatever-it-takes spirit to be able to get it done. You know, we saw footage of people lined up on those buses. You know, all lined up there with their mop and their uh, mop, their, <laughs> their mop and their bucket. They had no idea what, what, what they were up against. They got online, they, they got onto the mud army, they signed up and they were told to go to a certain bus stop, whatever, and they get on the bus and then an hour drive or wherever it was and they were, they were confronted with whatever. Can't prepare for that. you just got to have a whatever-it-takes spirit. Whatever it takes, we're going to build, we're going to make a difference. So whatever it takes when we get there, it's going to happen. We're going to be all in. I love that attitude. I love that mindset because to me it's so productive. I remember when I, you know, was running my business and we would go to a job site and I'd, you know, I'd have a truck and tools and a crew of men with me and we'd sort of pull up and go in, unload all the tools, get set up for the day's work and, and you know, there would be something there. There would be an obstacle. There would be some trade he hadn't done his part, so it was going to be difficult for us to do well. There would be a warehouse full of stuff that was in our way. And, and you would hear the guys saying, oh, well, that's it. Might as well go home. Hey, boss. 
Fat chance. <laughs> Fat chance we're going home. We're getting the job done. So whatever it takes, if I've got to move that stuff, if I've got to get another tradie in, you know, you just get busy while I fix the problem because we're fixing this thing today. Amen? It's a whatever it takes spirit. And, and you think about it, that when you're the owner of the business, you've got buy-in. You know what I'm talking about? You're an employee, it's like, oh, well, you know, bad luck, we can't do it today. But when, when you're the boss, no, I've got ownership on this. We're getting that job done. Who knows what I'm talking about, amen? It's the same spirit. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Do you remember a message um, where, you know, Jesus told his disciples that he was going up to Jerusalem? I, I mentioned part of it before. You know, where he told them, he said, you know, they're going to hand me over to the elders, the chief priests, the Pharisees, they're going to kill me. You know, I'm going to raise from the, from the dead. And Peter stepped in and, and, and he was, you know, get behind me, Satan. You remember that scripture the other week? And, and Jesus is like, no, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I'm getting this job done. Whatever it takes, I'm bringing salvation to the world. Whatever it takes, I'm going to make it my mission. Jesus not only was willing, but he had a whatever it takes attitude. And nothing, nothing was going to stop him fulfilling the Father's heart. Nothing. Nothing was going to stop him. Nothing was going to hold him back. There was not going to be a, a Christless option. There's no plan B. There was plan A, and whatever it takes, he made it happen. And we're the beneficiaries of that today. And it's the same for us as Highway Church. You know, we, we need our people to have a whatever it takes attitude to rebuild, to rebuild, to restore. Because it's about the generations that will be blessed. It's about the generations. It's about your kids. It's about your grandkids. It's not so much for me. I'm at the pointy end of the stick right now. It's about the generations that follow. I want to leave something that is going to reach thousands upon thousands of people with the gospel. I mean, you look at Passard there. Passard is... I, I, I first met him in 1985. He was a boy in Bible college in 1985, and it's been his mission his whole life to reach his state with the, the gospel. And they've been, they've been hit with, with so many challenges. Unbelievable. I don't know if I'd still be standing after what he's been hit with. But you know what? He's, he's building again building again. He's planted over 300 churches. They lost 60 pastors, died in COVID in that season, 60 pastors. They're building again. They're training young ones up. They're doing youth camps. Why? Because it's whatever it takes. It's whatever it takes. We, we have ownership in this. We're, we're here for the long haul. Once we step that line and we surrendered our life to Jesus Christ, that, that wasn't a church attendance ticket. That was a life of purpose, a life of purpose, a life living with the spirit of whatever it takes. We are going to build his kingdom on this earth. 
No question about it. Amen? We come together, and here's the reason why. Number three, it's a worthy cause. A worthy cause, if you look at verse four, it says, they will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. You see, you've got to remember, Israel was a great nation. They were a great nation. They conquered the promised land. They went in there. They took over. Over generations, they became that nation. They were at the pinnacle. God was, they had God's favour. God was blessing them. And now, now all they have is the ruins to remind them of a greater day that was theirs until the word of the Lord came. Until the word of the Lord came and began to declare the former glory will be restored. The word of the Lord came. And they had, all they had to do now was to rise to the worthy cause. To rise to the worthy cause. What, what does it take for people from all walks of life? You know, if you look at the news there, there were doctors, bankers, you know, sports people, retail workers. All gave up their time and their energy to come and stand in a line and be bussed to some place so that they can make a difference. Why would they do that? Why, what would compel them to do that? It's a worthy cause. It's a worthy cause. They saw the brokenness. They saw the devastation. And they rose to the challenge. They knew they could make a difference. They know they can bring restoration back. They know they can re repair what was stolen, that was, was taken from these people's lives. Do you remember the words of Nehemiah in chapter 6, verse 3? He said, I am carrying on a great work and cannot come down. I love that. I love that. I love that spirit. Nehemiah's on the wall. They're rebuilding. They're rebuilding their, their dignity. They're rebuilding their integrity as a nation. That they were defeated. They were nothing but, but you know, rats in, in, in the eyes of all those around them. But Nehemiah comes in and he stands up and he has the word of the Lord and he says, we will rebuild this wall. And the enemy tried to distract him and pull him away from the cause. And he said, this is a great work. This is a great work. And I've got to tell you this morning, folks, highway is a great work. Great work. Pastor Passard is only one of the mission arms that we have overseas. You know, I sat at a meeting this week with uh, uh, Bert Van Manen, the MP, and, and uh, Senator Stoker, and, and they were talking about, you know, the church and the community and, and all this sort of stuff. And they said, you know, what does Highway do? I could have gone on for an hour. I could have gone on for an hour, the work you do, the feeding the kids in the school, what the youth does every day. Every day, what, what Joey does with the, with the Gotcha Back program and for the foster kids and those brought out of domestic violence, it happens every day, folks. 
as well as overseas with, with our medical clinics and our, you know, um, our medical camps and our ambulance and, and the leper colony. It just goes on and on and on. I could go on. It's a worthy cause. It's a worthy cause to be able to put your name to something that is going to bring restoration and make a difference. And we can't be those that are sitting back watching the TV news and going, oh, you know, that's sad. Amen? That's sad. Too bad. No, no. We are the body of Christ. We live with a purpose and a cause. It's burned in us through the blood of Christ. And God chose his church to be the arms, to reach out and to bring restoration. Not just to run church services. I love this. I love this. But this is just to fire us up, to be the church tomorrow and and the next day and the next day. Amen? You know, we're not attendees. We're the body of Christ. And we have a purpose. And it's a worthy cause. I, I can't think of a greater cause than salvation for humanity. I can't think of a greater cause. And he has chosen the church to be that vehicle. He's chosen you and I to do whatever it takes, to be willing to do whatever it takes to bring restoration to humanity. The question we ask today is, are you willing Are you willing? Now, I know we've all been shaken. I know we had, you know, things were set in motion. But you know what? A lot of our habit was broken. A lot of our habits come to church every Sunday and come to church and do this and do that. Well, that all got shattered. The thing I've noticed in human life is that when you create a hole, something will fill it. Is that true? If you've got some spare time, you won't have spare time for long because something will fill it. It's called life. That's how it works. What we need to do is prioritise our life. Put it in priority of what's important and then restructure so that our priority is the kingdom of God first. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have the word of the Lord. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me too. Amen. Come on, I've been preaching about it for weeks. Get up every morning. The spirit of the Lord is on me and he has anointed me too. Reach that family down the street that's hurting and broken. Help that person that we know has just gone through a hardship or a trial. Whatever it takes, every day we have opportunity to be the church out where it's most important. Amen? That's what we're called to do. Don't waste it. Don't waste that time. Don't fill it with, with, you know, with other stuff because I can guarantee whatever it is, his mission, his gospel, his cause should be top priority in our lives. Are you willing to be the ones to commit to the cause of Christ? That's the question that we ask today. And I know that's tough for some. I know that's tough for some. 
one of the stumbling blocks, and I spoke about this recently, one of the stumbling blocks is that we, we tend to look at this in our own strength. We tend to look at ourselves and go, ah, I could never do that. Um, oh, who would listen to me? You know, or I, I really don't have much to say. I, I tell you, the Spirit of God is all you need. The Spirit of the living God, to walk in the Spirit. All it takes is a listening ear. We can do that, can't we? All it takes is a listening ear and an obedient heart. As soon as we hear it, as soon as we're in that situation, at that bus stop, at that school thing, whatever, and, and you know you're listening to the Holy Spirit, he says, that one, speak to that one, talk to that one, care for that one. You look around the room, you see that one up the back against the wall. Tears rolling down their face. That's the one. That's the one. Be the voice. Be the heart. Be the hands of Christ for just that one. I tell you, you will see miracles like you have never seen before. Because the Holy Spirit shows up. And he does miracles. Isn't that good news? Not up to us to do the miracles. The Holy Spirit does the miracles. And just to be a part of that fills your tank like nothing else. And that is the life of every believer. Not about church attendance. It's about the Spirit of Christ. And this is a great place to come on a Sunday and just fill up. And talk to God and just allow him to touch your heart and to, to tune your hearing for what's to come this week. Amen. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, right now, in this place, right now, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, speak to each one. Speak to each one. Put something on their heart. Give them a thought. Give them a, a picture in their mind that they just... Kindle the fire. Kindle the fire. So as they walk in the Spirit, tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day, miracles happen. Lives are changed. People's lives are restored and rebuilt. What was stolen has been replaced by an amazing God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand this morning. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.